Amigos y amigas, welcome to another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. I am Weasel from Food Max Nation. You're in luck. This is an hour long podcast dedicated to all things Mexican football. There's a lot of other football going on right now. Everybody's big hype, and but this is the only football you need to know on Monday nights. Um, oh, secondly, there's no more NFL. But we're just going to ahead and get started. Lots and lots to talk about today in the Mexican Soccer Show. Uh, we'll be talking all about the big move to Real Betis by our youngster, Mr. Joven Promesa. Everybody's been talking about it over the weekend, Mr. Diego Linus. And uh, yeah, we're going to jump right in with our first question with one word. Using one word, Mr. Tom Marshall, not two, not three. Stick to the rules. One word. How would you describe Diego Linus' move to Real Betis? And welcome to the show. Um, I'd say promising. Ah, oh, that was mine. I gotta change it. Eh? We might have to tell each other all the. No, I think it's uh, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a it's a good move. Um, it's not going to be easy. I think that anybody that thinks that you know in two weeks' time he's going to be starting games in La Liga, I think is mistaken. I think we saw last weekend, you know, Real Betis against Real Madrid. All right, Madrid might have won that game, but you got an idea of just how good Betis are. I mean, they took the game to Madrid. For me, the absolute, um, obviously, because of Setien's style of play, you, you, they are susceptible to the counter-attack. We saw that happen, um, the counter-attack and a, and a, and a set-piece. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it's a very, very good level of football. I think mm-hmm. Setien is going to gonna have to work with Linus to to drill him in the style of play and stuff like that. So, but yeah, I mean, potentially, you know, he's, it's a, it's a top six club in, in arguably the best league in the world. So, I mean, you know, this is, this is now, I mean, I think I wrote, wrote in my piece, it's like, this is what you dream of. You know, this, this is, this is the challenge and, and, and the, and, you know, the, the, the potential to be great. You know what I mean? He's, he's in the right place now. You can do it. I mean, he's got, you know, it's up to him now, basically. I'm gonna go next, Cesar. Before you take mine, <laughs> oh, no. I'm gonna oh, go. No. I'm gonna go with hopeful. Oh, that was that was Actually, I have a different one. I have a different one. Okay, Cesar, go ahead. You can go next. No. <laughs> uh, I mean, I went with hopeful just because uh, as soon as we got that news and how all the news kind of happened, and you know, you kind of start looking at it. I think it's, it's a, I think it's a great move. And just kind of Tom said, here we go. It's, it's, it's a great step. Not too crazy. I, I mean, as much as I would want him in a giant team, like a Chicharito to Manchester United, just want to take those baby steps on, uh, this is a big, big step, but at the same time, you know, have that, uh, you know, get yourself known as a starter. I mean, as a, as a, as a in the bench and then, you know, start making an impact and we're starting seeing, you know, this the end of the season and hopefully, you know, solidify on the team, you know, get that experience instead of just thrown into the superstar, which I think it's a great way to get come in. So I'm going to go with hopeful and that in the next year we'd be seeing him, uh, you know, see the talent of this kid and uh, kind of progress. So, Cesar, now go ahead and take your word. I'll go with more of a fan perspective here and I'll say that it's, it's thrilling because when you look past someone like, yeah, I think it's a good idea. Because I think when you look past uh, someone like a Lozano, you look past uh, those guys who are still in their 20s that are currently key figures for the Mexican national team, you look at the future of the Mexican national team. And I think if you were to ask most fans, like, who is the future of El Tri? When you're looking at someone who's under the age of 20, then I think most would point to, to Linus. So 
I think that there's something thrilling about it too, because you see so often players like these, yeah, there's a lot of hope. There's a lot of potential. Maybe things don't work out. Maybe they never make the move to Europe, which is always a little disappointing. Maybe they cost a little too much. And I think there's always something in the back of my mind wondering if uh, if teams would be willing to pay uh, a good amount of money for Linus. But uh, so for me, as a, as a, as a Mexican national team fan, uh, as a fan of Mexican soccer, it's thrilling because he actually was able to make that move to Europe. And he's actually able to make the move to a, a I mean, like Tom said, this is a top six, top seven team. Mm-hmm. And I think they're at seventh place, but they're obviously they're way up there. But uh, but I, I think it's going to be really exciting to see uh, how he plays. Excited. I mean, like uh, I think Tom mentioned his piece too. I think we're going to have to be patient too. He's not going to immediately go into the starting 11. He's not going to be going like playing week in, week out just yet. I think we're going to have to be patient with him. But uh, But I think, yeah from more so of a fan perspective, just someone who likes seeing Mexicans going abroad. I'm going to go with uh, thrilling for me. Nice. Thrilling, hopeful. What was yours, Tom? Was Promising. Promising. That's right. Yeah. Promising. And Adriana, who joined our show there in Mexico City. Adriana, we're just going to get you right in. One word to describe Diego Linus' move to Real Betis. Uh, you guys already said some of quite similar i'd say something like optimistic or yeah i i'd I'd just say optimistic optimistic yeah we saw the good ones yeah yeah i know you did (laughs) synonyms for (laughs) yeah i mean it's it's just that i I mean we i think we all want to be realistic to some point Uh, we know he's not going to be in the starting lineup like i mean there were people asking on twitter he was going to play against real madrid are you guys crazy i mean I mean, I was like, "Are you? Do you follow football at all?" <laughs> um, hey, Alexander, please, uh, Amy, Amy, please quote that on our Mexican soccer show. If I might have sent out one of those tweets. Go ahead. No, 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 no. I was like, do you he hasn't even, even done his medical exams. He hasn't even practiced with the team. He doesn't even know his like teammates' names yet. But oh yeah, he's going to start against Real Madrid. Yeah, for sure. Quick, quick note um, to self: uh, Don't mess with Adriana. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, is there, there's a cloud. Adriana will just pull you right under, make sure it's raining all the way down. <laughs> you know, you know, it, it's. I, I, I'm gonna have to blame all this. Like, it's the fuel shortage. Everyone in Mexico City is like, I don't know, their claws are up, and everyone's like defensive and like ready to attack or something. So I guess it's that. That's why. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I, are you guys kidding me? I was like looking at that, and I was like, oh yeah, he's gonna be starting. Yeah, I can just see him like going against like Sergio Ramos. Yeah, like right away. Um, Give it so that. yeah, but <laughs> yeah, like here. <laughs> um, Everybody. Yeah, we'll we'll have a Miazga part two. Um, so yeah, I, I think we're all. Um, I mean, being realistic, I think it's it's good that he changed America because he like listening to what some reporters were saying that he was just trying like he. What we, what we say here in Mexico is that he stood on a brick and he started getting dizzy. He was like weighing over his heels. He would just thought he was in the starting lineup for America. He was already like too good a player, so maybe. So the fact that he has to go to Real Betis and actually win a spot again, I think for his um, for his maturity, for his performance, I think will be really good. I really hope he does well. I really hope it doesn't. Um, we don't see like a situation where he just doesn't fit in. I don't know something like what happened to Raúl Jiménez at Atlético de Madrid, but I really hope that he starts like maturing up to another level and we'll start shortly seeing him like gain minutes and then eventually yeah be in the starting lineup we would love that but not this month i mean <laughs> just give him some time and hopefully yeah he'll he'll be the start of some other players going to europe as well uh from a couple of people on the chat um saying if he's victor peña if he stays humble he will make it uh the peruvian waltz tv i thought what was brilliant against real madrid Oh, for me to play. Sorry, 
That has nothing to do with that. <laughs> with Diego. <laughs> Sorry. Um, JP Santoya said, now, so. if I had to describe Diego's move, it would have to be in Chucky Lozano's words. Chucky, check your phone, man. Come on. Omar 7 said, Linus will be great. Um, so it, I mean, I think, I think everybody's excited. I'll ask you guys this when, you know, obviously the, the Ajax move was there and, uh, you know, people were, were saying that that was pretty much true. And then now we're looking at Real Betis. Do you guys think it's a better move than the Ajax move? I think that's for me. I think that's a tough question because, uh, I think when you look at someone like an Ajax, do you think, uh, you think of a, a club that does very well with, uh, youth development, Mm -hmm. the development of players. And I think that there is a part of me that would have been fascinating to see what they could have developed uh, out of line, what they could have gotten out of him, because he's still a very uh, young player. He's still in his teens. So I would have been excited to see what uh, he could have done there with Ajax. But, I mean, you could also understand at the same time, I mean, playing in the Eredivisie, I mean, I think that's a good step up uh, for a lot of players who are accustomed to Liga Mekki style of play. I mean, some of those teams at the very bottom of the Eredivisie table perhaps wouldn't even do that well in Liga Mekis, but obviously you have an opportunity to potentially play in the Champions League or Europa League if you're at the very top of the Eredivisie table. But I think it's a little bit more exciting to see him in La Liga. Obviously, it's a better competition. And also, I mean, if we're talking about him adapting to a new culture, him adapting to a new style of play, the huge benefit that he's going to have with with Betis, he's going to have Guardado there. And Mm -hmm. I think that that's nothing. Mm -hmm. That's something that shouldn't be overlooked. I mean, I'm sure we've already seen the videos of Guardado just like showing him around, like uh, like basically like the headquarters of the team and the training center. Like I think it was like something on Univision where like I thought maybe it would just be like Guardado, like. You know, basically introducing him to a couple of players, but he was like taking them all over the place. So I think that that's a huge, huge benefit. So maybe it would have been exciting to see how Ajax could have developed him, but at the same time, I I understand the move to to Betis and that that working there with Guardado. Well, yeah, just the language and the culture. I mean, I think Sevilla, you know, is is more kind of closer to kind of Latin America than even other cities in Spain as well. I mean, the weather's unbelievable. Um, you know, yeah, I, I think I think from that aspect. It's as good as you're going to get in terms of a move to Europe. It's as close to what you're going to find, you know, over here than it is that, that you're going to get in in Europe. So, so yeah, and also the you know by the time he's 21 years old, he should have a Spanish passport, which is which is massive. Um, you know, I think I think I think the path to the first team at Ajax. You know, I don't think he would have walked into Ajax either because I think you know they're, yeah. they're looking really strong up front. But I think I think you know. For the Ajax project, I think it would have been next season, you know what I mean? Because Ajax, you expect them to sell a couple of players. I know there's a Brazilian kid there doing really well, I think, attracting interest. So, you know, I think I think that's where we would have fit in with Ajax. Whereas with Real Betis, there's less kind of space, you know, and time. I mean, this is a, this is a club that have spent big money, that, you know, that want to get into Europe. Um, they want to make, make moves in Europe as well. Um, and, and I don't think I don't think Linus is going to have that kind of settling in period that he would have done at Ajax, if you know what I mean. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see him go out on loan, which I don't think is a bad thing. Um, but I would say on the positive side that the fact that they spent so much money on him suggests that you know they they do value him um, really highly. Can you tell us a little about the about about the actual loan in, in that time? What do you mean? No, like 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 you know if he's if he's not nearing the first team at Betis. I think you know, like they did with kind of Vela back in the day. Oh, I think I think okay. I can see Betis loaning him out to a second division team or, or, or back to Veracruz. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, th- I can see that happening because it's a massive step up from what he was experiencing at America, I mean, where he's not been a starter for that long, to playing 
in that kind of game that we saw on Saturday um, against Real Madrid. I mean, it's a big gap. But a couple of other quick points. I think that you got to praise him and his family for absolutely demanding this move because from all the reports, it was like he was so desperate to go and he was adamant that it's now because we saw Piojo Herrera mm-hmm. kind of say, no, maybe come in the summer, like, you know, and, and Lainey says, no, I've, I've won the titles. I started with America. Like, what else can I do? Um, and I think over the long term, the fact these, even if he doesn't play that many minutes for Betis, I think the fact is he's going to get a Spanish passport, the fact he's going to be training at a club with the quality of a Betis day in, day out, um, I think he's I think he's going to benefit him. Um, and also Club America. I mean, not a club you traditionally associate with exporting players, but, you know, America didn't have to sell liners either. You know, obviously they've accepted quite a big offer for him, but, um, but you know, it's it's you got to you got to praise you got to praise the club for for what they've done in kind of um, producing youth. I mean, you know, Diego Reyes, you got Edson Alvarez scoring two goals in the in the you know in the final. Raúl Jiménez, who's the you know the main guy now, or he seems like that way, the main forward Mexico has in Europe, and you know it's. You got to say America are doing a lot of things right. You know, American Pachuca these days are really producing players, and and perhaps the traditional teams that you expect, like the Atlases and the Pumas and even the Chivas, they're not producing the quality of player that that maybe they once did. Francisco Velasco from the uh, from here on YouTube. If you're listening to us, get to the chat there. Lots of people on right now talking. Uh, Francisco Velasco says Lobos Buap gets Linus on loan to join his brother Mauro. You heard it here first. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Adriana, to you, uh, we've always been talking the new, uh, and uh, you and the ladies talked about the. I mean, actually, just you and and uh, Amy talk about this right when it happened, uh, Real Betis, but. Uh, I know a lot of people were saying just kind of what Cesar said about what head of the visa does to, towards youngsters and developing them well. What fears you might have going into Real Betis? You know, I know there's no starting, but at what point should we start getting a little worried if he's not getting any minutes? And a question from the chat. What do you think about when we were on the first time we see him playing? Um, first of all, I think we have to be really patient. I mean, I was looking at the squad and his, the younger players are still four years older than him. And this is a squad that uh, many people have said that analyzed the, the game a bit more. They say that Real Betis could probably get the best out of Linus because they're used to having playing the long ball. And Linus is all the opposite. He likes to keep the control of the ball. He likes going forward. Um, he likes to keep the, clo- the ball close to his feet. So it's a lot, a lot of differences with the current squad. But still, I think it, this is an 18-year-old player who just barely had um, the starting lineup for America at the end of the season. I mean, he hasn't even done that once. He hasn't he won his first championship with America as well in the first division. He had never won a single championship with the youth teams either. So I think I'll probably give him the rest of the season. I mean, I do want to see him adding minutes. I, I probably would see him as a, in the starting lineup maybe for the cup games. But if we don't see him in the starting lineup just the entire rest of the season, I think it's nothing to worry about. I think they have to take, they have to realize that, yeah, he's still a player that's in development. And it's something that I'm, I'm pretty sure that was what's, what was most attractive for Ajax was knowing that this player is still growing. And I think Real Betis also has to take on that challenge of still making him sure that he keeps on growing and just keeps that process. So if we don't see him in the starting lineup, um, like for the rest of the season, I really wouldn't worry as much. I would probably worry going into next season once he's, known the squad once the coach gets to know him once they def- they actually know what what 
practice. And then I, I would start worrying. If he has all that time and still isn't starting, I, that's when I would start worrying. And what and was the, the second question? Patient. I forgot what oh. the second <laughs> question was. <laughs> since 4.30 in the morning. Uh, no, it was when should we start worrying and when can we see him? You know, what, what is something that, that you can start worrying about? But, I mean, you kind of answered and you're looking at it. Yeah. Uh, and, to, and to you guys, I mean, that's where the whole patience comes in, right? Be there, training there uh, with the team, with the facilities, and then obviously learning a ton, Guardado being right there. This is that perfect opportunity to learn. It's kind of like, and I, I don't want to use this because a lot of – you know, people in NFL are talking about it, but it's like getting a rookie quarterback and a very, very experienced quarterback three years. I mean, they take to come out and, and start playing in that game, not, not given that scenario, mm-hmm. but that's the and type of, that's the type of expectation we should have where and it's maybe in the summer. The season. Yeah. It's halfway yeah. through the season. Yeah. We, he, might, he, yeah. He, he might need a full preseason. And even though some people might be like, Oh, well, uh, Betis are still in the Copa del Rey. They're still in the Europa League, so maybe he could actually make his debut there. I mean, there, there's no guarantee that he's going to be making his debut anytime soon. So I think we just have to be patient with him. And I mean, just like any other player in any other league, there, there's a, there's an adjustment period. And for someone as young as Linus, maybe it's going to take not only just an adjustment period, but also a full preseason to really start to get some momentum over there in Spain. Tom, yeah, talk to you really quick. This, this question coming also from the chat. It's actually very interesting. Should Linus skip the Gold Cup and focus on full season, preseason with full preseason with Betty's? Is that something that, or do you, uh, are we as patient to not, to <laughs> not have Linus over the summer with our Gold Cup tournament? Yeah, I mean, I think that um, we, we've got the um, under 20s World Cup. So for me, I think he should play that mm-hmm. because I don't think he's going to be playing. You know, much between now and the end of the season, I think he can play the you know the under twenties World Cup is from um, you know May twenty third, I think, and so you know he can he can play that, go and rest, come back for the Betis preseason. I mean, that's how I see kind of Linus this summer. Um, obviously, there's going to be pressure for Tata it's in Martino, Poland, I think, right? It's right there. Yeah, right. it's in Poland. Yeah, so I, but I think there's going to be pressure for you know Tata Martino is going to be under some pressure to. To bring him in, I'm sure he wants him in there as well because he was one of the players that they that he mentioned. It was him and, and Alvarado was the two, mm-hmm. you know, the two young bright bright talents that Mexico have. So, um, but yeah, I, I agree with you, Wee. So I think I I would I, I wouldn't I wouldn't care if he's not in the gold cup, cup gold cup squad. Uh, you know, I think even at in full international level, he still needs time to develop. Um, just quickly on the you know on the adaptation period and all that. I mean, yeah, I think. You know, we're, we're all right in saying that, but, um, you know, he's got to maintain him really focused. I mean, to be honest, everything I've seen from Linus suggests that this is a kid who is absolutely at ease with where he's at and where he's going. You know, he doesn't seem to get flustered. You know, he sat there before the League MX final, 30 minutes, speaking to the press um, inside the Azteca. You know, it, it, the, you know, when the Miazga thing happened and, you know, he basically made fun of him. He, you know, I think I wrote in my piece, I said, you know, after that game, for me, Linus had three options. I mean, how, how do you deal with that situation as, a, as such a young kid like that? You know, and, and the first one was I think most young players would have taken, which is after the game, you get your head down, you put on your headphones, your beats or whatever, <laughs> and <You're> you just <laughs> you run past the AirPods the... is here. AirPods, everyone has AirPods. Sorry. <laughs> then you run past the press and you get onto the bus and you go on. You know, I think the second one, which I think um, you know, equally attractive, would be to come out and speak to the press and say, "Oh, you know, this guy is making fun of me. He's got no right. What's he thinking? Blah blah blah." You know, 
and and I think a lot of players would have done that as well, you know, with the anger that that, that must have been inside him. Linus took a third option, which was, you know, and I honestly don't think this was guided by anyone inside the Mexican Federation because, you know, I don't think PR really exists within the Federation. Um, well, it hasn't done <laughs> traditionally. Um, and, and he decided to go up there, go and speak to every journalist that, that wanted to speak to him. Yeah, and he said, much. you know what, this happens, it's happened. You know, it doesn't bother me in the slightest. Some some players are taller than others. What are you going to do about it? And I thought the level of maturity from an 18-year-old to go out and face the press, knowing you're going out live on Mexican TV, um, I, I thought that was pretty phenomenal. Like I said, I think before, he reminds me of Rafa Marquez in, in the way, I don't know, he just got this way of de- looking at people and he's just dead. I don't know, he's just like... He's like he belongs in that situation. He's not flustered at all. Whereas sometimes you speak to other players and they're so jittery and you know they don't look comfortable with where yeah. they are. Um, Linus for me just looked completely like he knows he's going to be a star. I mean, we saw it at the in Russia, no, with the uh, World Cup announcement. You know, he stands there and he gives a speech. It's like this is a kid who just seems very mature. So I back him. I back him to succeed. I think it's going to take time, but I think talent wise as well, this kid is really really talented there's a reason Betis have paid all that money there's a reason we've all been talking about him so long he's, he's an exciting player there's not many you, you know it's, I remember the first time I seen him when he was like I think he was playing for America under 17s against Chivas under 17s here in Guadalajara I didn't know anything about him and I was checking out a couple of the Chivas guys that you know I'd heard about you know people were talking about and it's like I was watching, who is it? Because he got the ball and he's got that left foot and he dribbles with his left foot. And honestly, I'm not exaggerating, four or five Chivas players would be attracted to him like a magnet. You know what I mean? And obviously he was doing too much. He was trying to run past everybody. But it was like, this kid is just, you know, he's kind of mesmerizing. He he grabs your attention. Um, And and so, yeah, I mean, like we're going back to that first word. I'd say it's really, really exciting to, to see what he can do over there because this is a kid who... He's special. I mean, you know, not just talent. It's just he's an exciting talent. He does things that that are exciting. He gets on the ball and he can take a player on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, that at the end of the day, for us, we might be journalists or whatever, but we're fans as well. And Linus is the kind of player that you'd want to pay to go and see. I just got a nostalgia moment with like Tom talking about Linus that way from like Santiago Nunez and goal. <laughs> 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 I, all of a sudden, I'm like. <laughs> Tom speaking about the player. I think the coach <laughs> did it in the scene about he just took on a bunch of players at the park. Anyway, sorry. Actually, I've never seen any of the goal movies. Just just watch the first one. Everything, everyone okay. after that. I, I feel like I feel like I'm missing out on so much. Yeah, yeah like people what? make references to the goal movie. I've yeah, never, uh, yeah, you got to watch at least the first ones. The other ones just kind of think it up, but uh, we'll see what. That oh, but anyway, but uh, I guess I was about to say something actually serious. Not <laughs> the goal movie. I forgot. Uh, but uh, <laughs> um, but uh, what was I going to say? Oh, oh yeah. So uh, check out at the end of the month. I think not saying it's going to happen, but maybe for some odd reason, Linus impresses. Uh, in training during the next um, couple of weeks. Uh, I think uh, Betis can uh, register three new players for the Europa League uh, round of 32. So there you I go. Think by, I think by February 1st, they have to do that. Not saying it's going to happen. It's probably unlikely that's going to happen, but I don't know, maybe when the when that becomes public and they release that squad list for the Europa League, I mean, check it out. Maybe there's a small chance that uh, we can see Linus there. Maybe that says a lot about 
um, his current uh, standing with the team. But yeah, once again, I think we should be patient, but maybe we'll be seeing them in that that, uh, team registration, which I think is, yeah, February 1st, if I I remember correctly. Excellent point, because I think that'll give us, if it's not, well, I mean... I mean, if, if it is, it's kind of everyone going to get hyped about a great frame. But if it isn't, it's not the deal. But at least we'll see where the development's in, that they have some type of plan yeah. for, for the kid to play. But I'm, I'm not even looking at this season, to be honest. I don't think it's even, it'd even be right to make a comment. I'm, the, only, the only situation that I could see that is, is right to be positive or negative if he does get suddenly, suddenly get, gets minutes, which I think would be a massive positive. But I, I'm taking this season as almost like he's not going to play. Like, I honestly, I think it's going to be that bedding-in period. Um, mm-hmm. And it's going to be next season where we see, okay, where does this kid now fit in with Guardado? I mean, I think if I could parent Mexico player to be a kind of, um, you know, to take a young player under his wing, it would be Guardado. Yeah. I mean, he's just, for me, he's an example of a player who has absolutely maximised every bit of talent that he has, you know, and he's one of the captains of, of a team in a top team in Spain. I mean, these things don't come easily. He, you know, he's a, he's a captain of the Mexican national team. He's a player, but he's not like a kind of boring guy either. He's like, you know, he's a good guy. He's popular. He jokes around. He's like, he, he's such a great person for for Linus to to learn from. For me, it's not Salcido because I feel like Salcido is always. This is boring around the camera. Uh, interesting you mentioned Guardado. Do you guys know, and maybe uh, you guys in Mexico, um, especially you, Tom, there in Guadalajara or, any, or or Adriana, how much influence maybe Guardado had on this? Or, you know, I always think that you start seeing Mexican players move across to another place where there's no Mexican player. And I always feel like Guardado was like, hey, yo, there's a 17-year-old kid that's pretty good. You might try to take a look at him, if, you know, if you have the time about these. <laughs> Just want to let you know. He I'm plays not, for I'm America, but oh well, a little pass. Atlas. <laughs> I think that I think well, Guardado's influence has mainly been, um, you know, obviously he would have had a word with um, yeah. Um You know, it would have been there would have been a conversation, but I, I, I think if there was the real influence Guardado may have had on this transfer, I think would have been people at Betis seeing the impact of having a popular Mexican player at the club. Which and seeing how that's helps. benefited him, yeah, off the field as well. And I think that you look at Liners and already the kind of support he's got, um, and the way like we we're now going to watch his every game, every move, and and you know a lot of Mexicans are uh, <laughs> both in Mexico and the states. And I think for a club like Betis, it's kind of like if it's a diff- if it's an extra one or two million, and I think that's the that's the deciding factor. Although I don't <laughs> agree with people saying that you know. The, that's his value because he's Mexican, and you know I don't I completely don't agree with that. But I do think it's an extra little bit of incentive for for a club like Betis, and I think they've witnessed that with um, with Guardado. Cesar, have you already started following Real Betis? And uh, did you follow uh, Ajax at all? Just... Oh, oh, yeah, I started following I O oh, for like a long time. I was like following Ajax, like getting like updates about like every single little thing that they were doing on Twitter, and then like by like. <laughs> like a, I don't know like a couple days back I was just like or like a couple days before the line is news I was like what am I doing with my life man? but anywho anywho <laughs> <laughs> and then, you, then you're unfollowed yeah. like oh I got, I got a text wait no it's just Ajax posting another photo I, of the Florida Cup I just feel like the Spanish thing and, and uh, this is my real perspective of Mexicans abroad more of the Mexicans as I saw last year I think you know now have Mexican planes in the in, the, in La Liga um, they're comfortable with the language. And, and like you said, I think it's a big deal. Not that they can't do it anywhere else. And obviously, 
but uh, especially with the level of play. And when you look at Real Betis, when when you're talking about it in your head, it's not. It doesn't. You don't feel like that team is that good. And maybe because I don't follow as much La Liga as I used to, but it's never been that team. You know, more of a Valencia, Villarreal. Those are the teams that are mid level, mid level teams. When you're looking at it, I mean, it's. I think you know about a week and a half ago. I was surprised in the standings of what they were. Yeah, no, I think they've been, they've been getting more respect under Setien, uh, the manager. Like, I've watched only a few games this season, just mainly just to check on Guardado, but I've been pretty impressed by them. I mean, you just see, I mean, just the, the possession they have, the, the buildup that they have from the back, that's an enormous amount of passes. I mean, technically, they're, they're a lot of fun to watch. And I think uh, I think a lot of Mexico fans who saw that match against Real Madrid saw what they're capable of, because honestly, they think they're better than Real Madrid in that match, so... I think they have been gain, gaining more respect, and this is a team that's currently in the Europa League too. So I, I think it's it's yeah, it's, yeah. it's getting there. It's getting there. Like and and yeah. they're spending yeah. money, and they're spending yeah. money. I mean, yeah. Los Celso is a quality player who's you know I'm sure he's going to be around the Argentina squad for for some time to come, and and you know line is with Mexico, and yeah, I don't know the, the way they play is unbelievable as well. I mean, I was I don't know. Yeah, I mean, the, what Cesar said there, the way they play out the back. I mean, he gets into into trouble now and then, but I mean, they're amazing. Um, and you know, it's the same. Naib Naib has watched them regularly, and he he raves about them as well. Good to see them. All right. Well, uh, excellent news again. Diego Linus now will be uh, definitely following up. I love all the little videos. Raúl Betis kind of puts up there that Guardado introduction. Uh, well, we kind of saw. What did we see that? Did we see that with with Dela doing it to Reyes a while back? Right? Was in to the Real Sociedad players that they were doing a while back, so it's always a lot of fun. Uh, Here's you... where we watch NBA games. Here's where I tweet about NBA games. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, we'll switch over to uh, another topic. Lots of people now. The whole chat is going and talking about goal one, two, and three. Uh, spoilers up ahead. Cesar, don't read the chat. Because um, uh, I've already I've, I read all the comments. I can't watch <laughs> the movies it. now. <laughs> they're already talking about it. Goal three is horrible. So there, there went the Mexican soccer show chat. It's all about goal one, two, and three now, and we have a, like that. Um, let's switch gears really quick and talk about the Mexican national team, the ladies edition. And good thing we have Adriana, who I know I'm sure on the uh, our football podcast. Which, by the way, if you haven't checked it out, uh, definitely give it a listen. All of you guys. Um, it comes out usually Thursdays or Friday. Any of the news on the later half of the week, these uh, girls and these ladies are already up on top of it. They were already talking about the Diego Linus news. Uh, Kari, Amy, and um, also um, Adriana. Um, but uh, interesting enough, there was some 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 drama. Yes, I, I mean, I think we were all up in arms. I think Adriana going back on the WhatsApp messages about a new call-up that came out for the ladies and all of a sudden, you know, there's a change in staff with the with the national team. I could just, I just think about things that wouldn't fly on the on, on the men's side, right? No one telling anybody. And here goes, you know, our the national team coach all of a sudden changing in a picture of somebody else. What is happening with the drama? And is everything going to be okay? What should we be looking at, Diana? Um, I hope everything's going to be okay. I just, I can't imagine what they were thinking. Just sending out the press release with the players that were called up for um, for a concentration camp at the end of the month. They have to play the, the Cyprus Cup in February and March, so they called up some players, and they somehow thought that people wouldn't realize that they switched coaches from like suddenly in the what? press release. You, you would have, yeah, you have like the players' pictures. You know how you have like twenty three pictures, and then you have mm-hmm. the picture of the coach. I, I think they were they were saying something like maybe if we just put 
Christopher Cuellar in there, they just might not realize it. They'll be like, oh, looking at the players and looking who makes it through and who we're calling up. And no. Um, so, yeah, they apparently sent this press release saying, yeah, these are the players we're calling up um, at the end of the month. Um, I mean, they, they, I sorry, they started today. And, well, we're just going to put in Christopher Cuellar, who was in charge of the U20 team. And then way down in the bottom, the last sentence of the press release says, oh, and by the way, thank you, Roberto Medina, for your time and dedication. We wish you well in the future. And that was it. So everyone, obviously, we were thinking, okay, wait a minute. First of all, we have to think about how unprofessional it is for you guys to send out a press release and change coaches in the senior national team without telling anybody. Um, second of all, this is Leonardo Cuellar's son, so we know there's some conflicts involved. I mean, um, when Leonardo Cuellar was still in charge, that's when Charlene Corral um, decided mm -hmm. not to come to any call-ups because she was um, tired of seeing the Federation not do anything to improve the, their performance, their level, giving them more games, just taking the, the entire um, league, well, the entire women's division seriously. Um, and obviously you have the two players in Iceland who had problems with Leonardo Cuellar because of their relationship. So then um, ap apparently, as far as I've known, I've, 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 I've spoken with some players and some coaches off the record, and they're saying that not even Christopher Cuellar knew he, this was going to happen last week. What? It was just like all oh of a sudden God. they just told him, yeah, so apparently what they said was, um, yeah, they just told him like on Wednesday, I think it was, or Tuesday, hey, this is happening, we need you to be in charge, and they're not even sure if it's permanent, which I hope it's not, because I think if they just keep this process, I think it's just more of the same. I really don't see that there can be an improvement with Christopher, um, just as the same as what happened with Leonardo. I think they've done well for the program, but I think they've reached their limit. So hopefully they'll look elsewhere. Because if Christopher takes charge of the senior team, then who takes charge of the U20? We would all think that it would be Monica Vergara, who was just in charge of the U17 team. So in case that happens, we're not entirely sure because obviously they haven't sent a press release about that either. Mm -hmm. I mean, Adriana, <laughs> so that's, yeah. No, I was going to say, I had a quick question for you. I mean, I, I, although it was, I mean, I agree it was extremely unprofessional and like, I mean, just the, the insight you gave us right there, just like Christopher Guayab just didn't really know until last week. I mean, that's kind of crazy. But at the same time, are we really that surprised though? Because I mean, Medina couldn't mm. take him to the World Cup. So is that really, is it really that big of a surprise? No, no, it's, 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 it's not a surprise that he's left because that was the natural, natural thing that was going to happen. I mean, it was it was embarrassing the way Mexico went out of, of of qualifying for the World Cup. I mean, it was an absolute disaster with what's everything that's gone on with the league. So I think it was natural that he left. But why didn't they announce it? I mean, it should have been announced right after the tournament. Exactly. I mean, it's one of those where I mean, these these are four year cycles building to one thing, which is the World Cup. And I mean, when that doesn't happen, then the 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 for me the the manager naturally has to go because they look pretty poor in that tournament. Um, but yeah, for me, it's a complete lack of respect. I mean, this would never happen in the men's game. So why is it mm -hmm. why is it happening in the women's game? Yeah. You know, how how on earth is it how on earth is it possible that you don't even announce a new coach? You don't even let people know what's going on. Um, and and I can imagine that the players are absolutely, you know, distraught by yeah. by this kind of thing going on. Because at the end of the day, I mean, all all they want all they want is they want a plan. They want a vision. They want kind of somebody yeah. to lay down. This is what's going to happen with this national team. We're at point A now. We're not at the World Cup, but you know what? We're going to kind of clean sweep. We're going to we're going to put a, a plan in place so that in four years' time this does not happen again, and we're actually going to the World Cup. You know, maybe even one of, as one of the challenges. Um, but the opposite has happened, and it does surprise me a little bit. Cesar. what does surprise me is that now there's a, a person in charge at the federation 
of, um, com of communication, of, of image. Somebody who's supposed to be kind of in charge of this PR site. And for me, for, for, for like Adriana explained at the start, to put out a press release, you know, like that, and, and we change your national team coach. Um, I mean, yeah, like I said, it's, it shows a lack of respect for, for the women's national team. From what, uh, talking to people that are close, especially to some of the players or especially in the camp, <laughs> it comes down to I, I what this person tells me just basically, I mean, verbatim said, I honestly believe that they were like, crap, here comes a Cyprus. We can't send the same person. And we've been worried about the whole Tata Martino for a while that did just kind of put everything yeah. to the side. And, and, and it, seriously, that's what it came down to. We're like, oh, we need to name somebody. Um, Cuellar right now is an interim and we're searching right now. Let's put him on there. And yeah, that, that, yeah, that's fine. But, but it's like, <laughs> like Adriana said, like Adriana said there, you know, you, you, you're relating back to the, to the old, yeah. you know, Cuellar, oh, yeah. Cuellar, that, right. Okay. Monica, Monica Vergara, put her in charge. Yeah. Yeah, I've spoken with anyone that doesn't go. say the opposite. Everyone's just saying, "Why didn't not put Monica Vergara?" She's yeah. she's proven herself. She's proven with, with the youngest of the teams because the U15 team is with Maribel Dominguez, but we know that's not, not a professional division. I mean, not even the league yeah. has um, many U15 players. You already pro you've already proven yourself. Just give her a chance. I mean, you have an entire year to make up for not going to the World Cup. You could actually have an entire project leaning towards the, the next World Cup. Why not take advantage of that time? and start building up a project. I mean, you have more time now than ever. You're not going yeah. to the Pan American Games. You're not going to the World Cup. The next tournament you have coming up are the, are the Olympic qualifiers. I mean, you have tons of time to actually make a project that's serious, that kind of breaks all the other things that they've done so poorly before. So I, I, I really hope that they um, take that into account. I hope they realize that it's, if they, it's, a, it's a step backward. I, everything that Monica Vergara actually achieved with the U-17 World Cup seems as, is, it was, was going to be thrown to the trash if you put Christopher Cuellar in charge. Yeah, and I, and I think that's where it comes down to. I think they couldn't name her right away, and I think if that's where the delay, direction they're going, they just put someone in right there so they can go to Cyprus and do that, which is still kind of like, you know, it, it's you, your federation, the Mexican actual team, like get crap together and do that. Yeah, you, you, you knew that was coming. You knew it was on. coming, too. Yeah, but, but communicate it. You know, yeah. like the the women's game. I've seen stories saying there's been a revolution. That you know, that the, the, all this good, all these good things are happening. And then at the this same happens. time, you don't even have the respect for the national team and the players more than anybody. Yeah. To 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 even have a look into the coach or even announce what's going on. You know, because I, I asked at the last press conference of the year. Um, you know, I said, "Is there going to be? Are you thinking about having like a department specific for the, for the women's side?" You know, because it's very different. I mean, the way you scout on the women's side is vastly different from on the men's side. You need people who are, who are specialists in that in, in in the women's game. You know, um, and 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 that person in charge can then hire a coach with knowledge of the women's game mm -hmm. who who can go out there and say, right, in the states, who is that? You know, go outside, go into Europe, go to Spain, go wherever you need to find somebody who's a really good coach of women's soccer. And, and bring him into Mexico. And instead of, you know, spending so much money on Tata Martino, go and spend big money. I mean, I think Mexico got a massive, massive opportunity, even especially with not qualifying for the World Cup. They've got time. Yeah. You know, they've not, like Adriana said, they've not got big tournaments coming up. You've got a massive opportunity. Now spend that little bit of money that you make from, you know, playing these games in the States. And I know they do send, you know, they send them to Cyprus Cup and, you know, it does cost a lot of money to do those things. But go and hire, go and hire a top, top coach. But I think the project Mexico would have on the women's side is extremely attractive. 
because you've got this women's league now. You've got you've got players that you can scout week in week out on your doorstep. I mean, it's it's so much easier than it was before the league. You know, you've got the college players in the states. I mean, that that's a that's a secure pipeline. Um, you know, it's got to be an attractive project. I mean, you know, we talk on the men's side of taking a step up. Well, I you know, pretending the women's side is closer to that step up, even though it doesn't seem like it right now. Uh, they end up really quick to kind of end the segment. Um, the first thing that came out, obviously, yeah, the, yeah, the coach, and you kind of mentioned it a little bit with Charlene Corral, all the drama that was there. I know you've spoken to uh, to her, uh, to a few players. I mean, it, it came out that she didn't go to the camp because she was injured, but then she played over the weekend. Uh, could we? Was this kind of with Charlene Corral just going, I'm going to stay away from this decision? Um, under the table, just waiting to see who they name? Well, what we've heard of, Officially, or extra officially, I'd say, is that it was more Levante saying um, mm-hmm. she just had an injury. She was just sick, I think. Um, let's just keep her here, despite the fact that they, ha- they had already announced her coming to the camp during the week. And then it was just like, oh, no, she's not coming. And Kenti Robles, on the other hand, who wasn't announced by Atletico de Madrid as one of the players um, that was called to the national team, did make it to the squad. So... Um, I'm hoping it was that, but I wouldn't be surprised if this were Charlene saying, hey, you guys, I already went through this. I already um, fought against Juan Cuellar, knowing that he reached the limit as, as far as what he can do for the Mexican women's national team. And you're, you're taking a step back. I wouldn't be surprised because I think that's, I think that's the power that she has being a national player, a uh, national team player, doing, seeing as what she's done in Levante. I think she has that voice to actually request a change again if it were necessary. So hopefully... Um, I, for, on one side, I, I hope she she does that. On the other hand, I just hope she's doing okay. And she's like, okay, let me just come to Mexico and talk with these people and see if Christopher Cuellar is really going to take over just for a little bit as long while they find someone permanent or if he's really going to take charge um, entirely. So she just might be waiting for that as well because they, I don't know, I hope what Tom says is true. I mean, I hope they they look for another coach, they look for another project. But if they're not, then... I would be. I would totally support Charlene and saying um, I'm not going to come back as long as you guys are taking this this seriously again. Yeah, but I mean, if you look within the federation right now, who who is there with real knowledge of the women's game? You know what I mean? Oh, that, yeah. That's yeah. the that's the thing that concerns me. Problem. And I think, but I think yeah. someone like Charlene Corral as well looks at that. You know, mm-hmm. Kenzie Robles, Charlene Corral, they're over there in Spain. They're seeing how things are, are run over there. And I think when they look back to Mexico, I think they're absolutely desperate for. You know, for, for to to see for progress, change. and it must be so yeah. frustrating. And the problem is, if they come out into the press and they start saying these things, then then you know, I don't know. I mean, the 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 they don't get good press, basically. You know what I mean? People don't yeah. like it. But but still, I think they're probably the most interested in wanting a change because because of their ages, they could still aspire to another World Cup. So yeah, if. That, that, that's why I think they could do it. I'm not sure if they will, or maybe they're just really expecting the Federation to come up and say, hey, yeah, Cuellar is going to take over permanently, or this is just a change while we find someone because we were too busy looking for Martino. So yeah. um, I, I hope we ha- find some clarity just to know where the, the entire Federation is going with the, women's, uh, with the women's divisions, because, again, we don't even know what's going on with the U20 team, with the U17 team. Um, and if this is just like a step backward after everything that was done last year with the league and with the U-17 team, you had the U-20 World Cup as well. So I, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if they did that because they do have interest still in the in the federation and in the national team. But um, as, as you're saying, Tom, there's just lots of stuff in risk for, for their image as well. 
gonna end with uh, the FMF is gonna FMF is what uh, <laughs> on our what's up and how it was. I mean, it's not surprising, Cesar, just like you said, but at the same time, you're like, are you kidding me? And uh, the chat, especially that we were on, it was kind of like, especially with that's going on. But thank you, Adriana. Um, again, a quick plug for the Our Football Podcast that comes out. Same, Adriana, Kari. Um, sure, we have a lot, lot more to talk about, and also everything that's happening with not just women's football, all football around with uh, Mexican soccer from Liga MX to Mexicans abroad, also to the national team. So, thank you so much, Adriana. Thanks, guys, for giving us uh, that update. We're going to jump into Liga MX to, uh, for this last segment of the show. Um, Cesar, I'll go to you. What was the most su- surprising headline this weekend out of Liga MX? Uh, I guess it's Cruz Azul having their problems for me. I guess I I, I knew it would be a little difficult for them without Marcone there. I mean, he was at the starting 11. Uh, he's uh, apparently heading. I don't know if it's is it, is it confirmed already uh, that he's going to Boca Juniors. Is it still rumor? Is it officially official? I don't know. No, like he, he left. Cruz Azul fans are crying. Yeah, so uh, yeah, then you definitely saw one of those fans crying in the stands. But uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I, didn't, I didn't get a chance to, to watch the game because uh, I was in Tijuana watching the Cholos game. But I, I think that was what was most surprised to be. I mean, just, uh, I mean, obviously anything that Chivas do garners a lot of headlines, whether it be them losing, whether it be them winning, it always garners a lot of headlines. But to get a, a win like that against uh, a Cruz Azul side that was a finalist last season is definitely a big deal. You look at that midfield for, for Cruz Azul, you look at maybe, I mean, once again, I didn't get a chance to watch the game, I just kind of looked at highlights, but maybe that Salas Orbelin kind of duo in the middle wasn't exactly working as 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 good as they said uh, it would be, but maybe they need that. Uh, who is it that that Portuguese player, uh, Stefan Eustaquio? Is that the guy? Eustaquio. Yeah. yeah Apparently, he he arrives tomorrow morning. So. So that could be a potential solution right there. But I think that's that's uh, one of the things that stood out to me the most is just Cruz uh, Azul uh, just trying to move on without uh, without Marcone. Cruz Azul, obviously, I mean, that's where the storylines came out. Chivas fans are, and everyone would have, I mean, would have thought that, you know, Cruz Azul and Chivas were kind of be trading on, on, on what happened from last season. But even, even looking at that game, even looking at a team, no Marcon and the Chivas fan, I mean, the Cruz Azul fans crying. Uh, Elias Hernandez on not doing so well on the left. Um, you know, Piojo Alvarado not doing as great as people thought. Cruz Azul not necessarily, they need, they need that killer. They need that. that I think that's what's missing also that, you know, as much as I hated Bocelli to leave, I mean, not, you know, a, a Bocelli type of player in Cruz Azul is, is what they needed. But it's also, seeing what Caixinha was saying in the press conference, it's the start of the season. People are making a big deal out of it. You know, he's blaming everybody, not but himself. But at the same time, you know, it's it's kind of like Cruz Azul saying, give it some time, we'll get there. No, I, mean, I think it's worrying for Cruz Azul because I think Cardoso, for the first time, we saw his hand, mm-hmm. you know, his, his managerial kind of, um, idea in a successful outcome for Chivas because I think I think I think I think they played exactly the kind of game that Cruz Azul don't have an answer to. You know, Cruz Azul had sixty percent of the possession. The problem with Cruz Azul is when they've got the ball, they're not that good with it. But what Cruz Azul want is basically not not to have the ball to win it back as high up as possible and to and to on the transition hit the opposition when they're not kind of. When they're not, um, you know, in blocks, when they're not kind of set, um, and and I think that you know, Chivas didn't play into their hands. Chivas just basically kept it as compact as they could and said to Cruz Azul, "Okay, you're at home, you're the finalist. You spent all the money. Come and break us down, then." You know, and Chivas, 
you know, they, I thought they were very disciplined tactically and, and eventually they got the goal with Ronaldo Cisneros. So uh, for me, that was kind of a template of how to beat Cruz Azul. And I think Caixinha moving forward, because they spent this money, because now it's no surprise that Cruz Azul are a good team, then I think more teams are going to kind of sit back against them. Um, you know, on the, on the other side, I think it's it's um, Tigres, no, at the weekend. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I don't think Tigres are going to do that. So I think Cruz Azul could play could do well against Tigres. But, you know, it's going to be interesting moving forward to see if Caixinha can find a solution to teams that do sit back because I think we're going to see increasingly more teams do that against Cruz Azul. Um, but, yeah, for, for Chivas as well, what a boost. Um, I mean, two wins, exactly what Cardoso needed. He came came into the season kind of a sitting duck manager. I don't think many people – I didn't think he would be would last that long. You know, I thought maybe five, six, seven weeks and he'd be out. But all of a sudden now, you know, it looks like the players are playing for him. It looks they look <laughs> like a solid team. It's Chivas. Um, like when you least expect it, Chivas starts doing well. And when you want this team to do well, even though I'm not a fan, it's just a, it's miserable. And I and I look at all the Chivas they're fans facing that are relegation. On like and that's what I'm thinking. I'm I, I it's you know, I, I feel for you Chivas fans. It's even more than Cruz Azul fans. Like Chivas fans really do go through because at least it gives you the highs of winning. And then the expectations are just crushed. And the minute you're down, all of a sudden starts giving you a little more hope again. Thanks, Weasel. Sorry, Adriana. We're going to see you again. You should be happy, right? But kind of like, where were you, Lassie? Or, you know, it kind of gives you that joy I, of like, what's going to happen? I was next? still following I the where... MLS. I was following the MLS drafts and just looking at Almeida when I was like, yeah. <laughs> but there's your two wins. Are you happy? Yeah. I, you know, it's like the fake happiness. Fans. You, you, you're cautious after a little bit. It's just too good to be true. That's what it is. Um, it's too good to be yeah. true. <laughs> but you got, it, it, we're going we're gonna to have like a cup game and they're going to like, I don't know, like Cafetaleros is going to beat us or something. <laughs> it's just the, you just can't really tell. Um, but yeah, um, I think we were all surprised to see not, not, not necessarily Cruz Azul not doing as well as we thought they could because this is a team that actually avoided not playing um, the first week. They were like, no, we're okay. Unlike America, we can do it. We'll be ready. Um, and suddenly they're not. And Chivas, after all these changes and everyone just saying, hey, maybe, the, I mean, the, these were really good players, really good new players for Chivas, considering all the circumstances, considering, considering their economic situation and everything. But, but still, I think Cruz Azul even Caixinha said it. They're just playing differently as well because he said, we were used to having 40 meters in front of us, and now we have 40 meters in the back of us. Teams are taking advantage of that, and we just have to learn to play this whole new style again. I will also add that the Jonathan Rodriguez, I think, is, hasn't been the Jonathan Rodriguez we were all expecting him to be when he joined Cruz Azul. And he doesn't have Julio Furch to, to play with him. He has Martin Cauterucho, who hasn't been the most constant player in the offense for Cruz Azul as well. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's where, I mean, when we're looking at the headlines on it, 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 it you know, it's it's the Cruz Azul loss, the Chivas win. Um, out there, even with Lobos Buap in the in the headline, in, in, in the standings that are going on, it's like, what's happening with the with Liga Amekis? But at the same time, it's still there. It's week two. I mean, we're, gonna, we're potentially going to see some significant changes down the line. So, I mean, we have to yeah. talk about these things because it's, it's the Mexican soccer show. It's, it's the Monday after the weekend, so we're going to have to bring these things up. But, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's week two. It's going to be interesting to see what happens down the line with Chivas, whether they can maintain this momentum, whether someone like a Lobos Wap can continue. Although, 
as long as no. uh, Ramos. <laughs> hey, if, if Leonardo if Ramos continues to score, I mean, he was he was doing an excellent job last season with his. Uh, I mean, he came in like what September, and if he continued finding the back of that, who knows what's going to happen right there? I'll the bet Luka. anybody that loves Black Black don't make the playoffs. Oh, I'm not going to say they're going to make the playoffs. Eh? I'm just saying that they're not going to be at the bottom. <laughs> Come on, sister. So I want to see this. I want to see this. Back the Bwap. Hashtag back the Bwap. Someone like the Luca. I, I'm, I don't know. I never. I, 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 I don't know. I feel like I never really have that much faith in the Luca. Uh, I mean, that went against Morelia. I mean, Morelia's defense is awful and then the recent one against Puebla I mean I, I don't know what to really make of that when it gets Puebla I mean, it's, should you really be giving them an, a massive amount of credit there so I, I'm still not entirely sure by by the Luca either but um but uh, I mean but shout out to them for getting that two nothing win on Sunday though you just last. signed Manquillo no I think that's going to be you know big big money from from Brazil and I think with the uh, Gigliotti coming in as well I don't know yeah, two true. big signings there. True, if, true. But obviously, coming in now after two weeks, it's, it does, do you disrupt it? You know what I mean? I mean, obviously, they've, they've done really well these first two weeks, bringing, bringing a couple of big-name players in now. You know, it's, it's, it's big for Cristante to how, how much he can integrate those players. Um, but yeah, I've, I've quite liked Toluca, to be honest. Um, I think on the, on the other end, um, I think, you know, Cesarino Mobile, Tijuana, I thought. I was about to say. Struggling. Carretero as well. I mean, it's, it sounds almost Volpe. obvious. I was about to say, I mean, Liga MX is all crazy and everyone's switching, but but Cholos is always going to be Cholos right yeah. now. That was, that was, that was Didn't the light somebody. go off at the stadium as well? Yeah, the light went off. There was about a 13 to 16 minute delay. Like, <laughs> That's not your, the big news coming out, the new social media manager. Oh yeah, that's right. It's uh, it's it's Biocho's dog. Oh, I, I, I I walked past her. Uh, she was in the in the press conference. Did you get, did you get her autograph? Uh, no, no. She used to uh, follow I, I, me on Twitter, and then she stopped. Next time, get a selfie. Next time, I do that song. <laughs> I don't like her anymore. She stopped following me on Twitter. Like she followed me when Piojo was there, and then all of a sudden, out of her whatever fan, she's like, you know what? I'm not gonna follow you anymore, Wiso. We I don't like you anymore. In Phoenix, she told yes. me a bunch of stuff well, about her dad. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. That was kind of a strange kind of signing. 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 She's not signing. She's not like a starting striker. It's, it's funny because Tom kind of wrote on our chat is like ah Mexico, you know. And then I get to, <laughs> and then I go well, it's it's like not to get political, but Trump has his kids in like in major positions. I guess <laughs> it's everywhere. Why wouldn't the former coach have his daughter there? Oh, of course. Fun, fun. <laughs> All right. Uh, looking at, it is already the top of the hour. I have to run off. Um, but uh, storylines that are coming out from Liga MX for next week, what are you guys excited for? It's looking at as far as, uh, as the game and the schedules that's coming up. Match three, Monarcas, Monarcas Veracruz, Puebla Santos, Querétaro Monterrey, Club America Pachuca, Tigres Cruz Azul, Pumas Atlas, Guadalajara Toluca, Lobos Buap and Necaxa. Right off the bat, uh, and then Leon and Club Tijuana, the um, to close uh, it off. Uh, you know, I'm gonna keep banging on people that think that it's classical, but <laughs> the rivalry, the rivalry, only, the rivalry. only recognized by Cholos fans. <laughs> yeah, the rivalry, <laughs> perfect way to put it. Um, Tigres and Cruz Azul, and now Guadalajara and Toluca, since they're up in the standings. But I have to say, can Cruz Azul go in and, and let's see what Tigres does? It's Tuca's time. 
I have no idea why there's four games on Sunday, by the way. That's just weird. I, I, can't, I can't remember what, the last time we had more games on a Sunday than on, on a Saturday. That's Anyone? just weird. <laughs> I haven't even looked at the schedule. I'll look at the schedule like Friday <laughs> evening and be like, oh, man, I guess I should watch this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think, game too. Yeah, I think um, obviously Cruz is all going to Tigres. Um, I don't think Tuca has ever beaten a Caixinha team. I think there's been 10 games between them now. So I think that feeds into what I was saying before. I mean, Caixinha... When, when you come up against a team that dominates possession, then Kajinia knows how to break that down. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see if, you know, that, that happens again. Obviously, Chivas against Toluca, you know, two of the two of the perfect teams going into it. So one of them is going to lose the record, which gives the chance for Lobos Boap. <laughs> to be <beat> number one. Also, America Pachuca as well. I think Pachuca, you know, obviously it was a big win last weekend. Um, after the thrashing against Monterrey as well, Monterrey, um, you know, traveling to Querétaro on Saturday, but I thought it kind of brought him down to earth that that the way Leon came back later in that game, um, because you know they won five nil, they were winning, they were winning two two nil in in against Leon, and I just thought you know, maybe, you know, maybe over the long term that'll actually be good for him because it'll kind of kick up the backside to say, hey, you might have spent a lot of money, you might be really really good, but you know. These teams are gonna they're gonna be fighting for you, and you're not that much better than the rest of them. So, um, be on guard. Be on guard. <laughs> Beware the Ides of March. Um, and by the way, Tigres will be missing Celarayan and Aquino, so that that might be something to consider as well. They're out due to injury. So Aquino's still out. Interesting. He was out over mm-hmm. the weekends too. Interesting. <clears throat> All right, All right. Keep Liga Mekis. I was gonna run. No, I, I uh, it's already top of the hour. Thank you so much, Adriana. By the way, I kind of we should all just do the whole iPhone. Are you using your phone? Because it's the I am. My computer thing? failed. My iPad doesn't want to work. So yeah, this is my. This iPhone. is like I, it's I like hold, I can hold my laptop. I'm I, iPhone. No, I can't. <laughs> I got an iMac and I can't hold it. But one day we, you know, what? one day we should do a Mexican soccer show all on our phones. And let's say that like it, it's getting in, tiring. Look, in, in, <laughs> in random in random places all over the world. We'll do that special Mexican talk show. Shout out to uh, uh, Miss Amy Lopez, who's always tweeting, and our producer Thanks, of the Amy. show. Thank you so much for everything. Thank you, Amy. And uh, uh, everything that you do. And uh, we'll continue here on the Mexican talk show. Please follow us. We were, you know, kind of uh, hyping up our uh, our iTunes there for all of you guys on the iTunes and uh, all the great comments and all the ratings that we have. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Cesar's going to use those uh, for his resume, as he said. Mm-hmm. I already did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when he spices up his resume. So thank you all, especially to those that uh, listen to us on Tuesday, Wednesday in your car. Um, but uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, we'll talk to you guys on oh next Monday and uh, another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. Hasta la próxima. <laughs>